Hello and welcome to the Tillage Edge with me, Michael Hennessy. This is your regular update for all your tillage news and advice. Despite the weather, growers have managed to apply all of the nitrogen to winter barley and their attention will now turn to disease control. Depending on the part of the country you farm in, this will, to some degree, dictate how you approach this fungicide strategy. This is due to the weather conditions in the south of the country, which can drive wet weather diseases, and a little bit differently, being drier in the north. Other factors can all have a major influence, including variety and how and when you time your fungicide. I'm delighted to be joined on the Tillage Edge by Dr. Stephen Kilday from Chagas and Oak Park to bring all these parts of the puzzle together. Stephen, you're very welcome. Um, I just first wanted to ask you, uh, what are the top three things a farmer should look for when uh, the farmer is trying to devise a fungicide strategy for winter barley? Okay, so really the first thing that they should be looking at is the variety, because this is going to uh, give the, I suppose, the inherent risk of a disease that might be in that crop. So, um, and, and to do that, look, they're going to be looking at something, uh, come looking at the, I suppose, the recommended lists where the department have reviewed or evaluated the different varieties and, and scored them for the different diseases that are there. Second thing is, look, just because a variety has, has a rating for a certain disease doesn't mean that that disease will be in that crop um, in any given stage. So it really, they're going to have to get into that crop and see what's there. Also, the ratings that are given are sort of a, a, a sort of a, a mean of the various different sites uh, where these things are evaluated. And some sites might have more disease than others. Um, so really, it provides an indication of the level of disease. But as I say, getting into that crop is really what's going to be important to see what's there. And then the third thing, of course, is going to be the risk of what's going to happen over the next few weeks, because that's really what the farmer is trying to do and provide, uh, develop a fungicide strategy is to protect that crop for the next few weeks. And this is going to be based on the weather sort of forecast that's going to be there. Is it does it look like it's going to be a, a, a wet, a windy, a cool and damp sort of conditions? That's going to drive the disease. Um, and so really looking at that is going to be very important also. OK. And Stephen, can you, is there a particular disease that's most problematic in, in, in the early season for barley? Yeah. So look, we can look at the, the range of diseases that uh, come into barley and the one that would spring out straight away in terms of winter barley this time of the year. It's going to be something like rhinchosporium because this is a cool sort of weather disease. It's a wet weather disease. And that's what we're after coming from in winter months, cool and wet um, generally. So rinko would be one that I would be looking out for. The other one, of course, is going to be mildew because, look, it, it, although it's cool and wet, mildew will proliferate in that type of weather conditions also. Um, so they're really the two that I would be concentrating a lot on. That said, other diseases such as net blotch will be there in certain crops in some years. So it's potentially there also. And when you're saying that, then for, for if you come back to this year and for the crops that are out there at the moment, um, how much disease is out there at the moment? And what, what is there a, a particular disease and a particular variety uh, uh, growers should be more worried about? Yeah, so I've been around the country in the last, uh, I suppose, couple of uh, days trying to get samples for, for analysis. Um, and I've been in a few crops. One the disease, of course, that stands out is rhinchosporium. Uh, and again, it comes back to that first question about what sort of things should be looking at. And that's variety. And really the varieties such as something like cassia uh, and pixel are carrying a high level of rhinchosporium at the moment, especially down south. Um, um, the, other, the other disease that I did notice in pixel was, was net blotch, surprisingly. Uh, more net blotch than I would have anticipated. So they're really the two diseases that are there at the moment. Mildew would normally be there at a high level in cassia. There's not a huge amount of that there at the moment, probably reflecting the cooler sort of uh, late winter that we had this year. 
Okay. And Stephen, obviously you were doing a lot of research um, year on year and, um, you know, in, in Barley's there's very different results coming back. Is there any bit of a tweak that's needed to our advice um, based on results over the last year or so? Um, I suppose over the last year or so, or a couple of years, being honest, it's got to do, one of the major things would have to do with fungicide resistance and the different sort of uh, pathogens or different diseases that we're looking at and are tailoring the fungicide program to match those, being honest, is what's very important. Um, and the biggest factor, look, being honest, is going to be a later season. And we're talking about the loss of chlorothalmyl for ramularia and the impact of SDHI resistance, drug resistance, and neonazole resistance on ramularia. But at this stage, um, I suppose one of the factors that we would be looking at and have been looking at over the last number of years in research is the timing of applications and the amount of fungicide that's going to be required. Um, and that's going to come back down to those sort of first questions about what disease, what risk, um, what variety, um, and things like that, and understanding what disease is in the crop and, and matching the fungicide to that. Okay, and, and in the past, or up, I suppose up till now, um, Stephen, we've had a scenario whereby we've been telling growers that um, you know something like a half rate a number of different times is probably, you're probably going to get the best effect out of that. But does that hold or, or hold true reasonably well, even where there is a high level of disease go, going in? So with the high level of disease at, at this stage, we have to be looking at the crop and understanding, I suppose, how is yield being created in these crops? And, and at this stage, what we're trying to do is basically maintain those tillers so that we get basic heads and, and we can fill those grains that are subsequently going to emerge. If we lose tillers at this stage due to disease, then we've lost yield even before we talk, We even think about grain filling. So really, in terms of if there's a high level of disease at this stage, it's about getting into that crop and, and protecting those tillers. Um, and that would that results in, in, a, in, a, in a winter barley tree spray, tree spray type program. Um, and a half rate of a mix, good mixed products at that stage is sufficient in, in that type of a program, being honest. Um, but it will come back down to what diseases are there and I suppose then matching that disease to the various different products that are going to be required or, or can be used on that. Okay. And we know that uh, prothioconazole or proline, if you like, uh, being, being a popular trade name for it, is recognized as a really, really good uh, barley fungicide. Why should growers add to that or is it just good enough to use that on its own? Um, or what risks would that pose? So the, the first thing to say is, look, we recognize prothioconazole has been an, ex, an excellent fungicide in, in, in barley. It has covered a, a lot of diseases. However, look, as time has gone on, we've, I suppose, resistance has developed to ramularia, to prothiosis, that's the very first thing. Um, it wouldn't necessarily be the absolute strongest, maybe on net blotch. It is very effective, but we, we might, might want to add, if we got a high level of net blotch, we want to add another mixture into that. Um, and that's really what we're talking about in terms of mixtures. It's, it's matching the, the products to the, the disease spectrum that might be there. So prothio will be excellent in, in, in say, rhincosporium. Um, it will be very good on net blot, but it might be weak on uh, ramularia. So we then need to match it so that we're, we're first of all, providing the desired um, sort of disease control. But secondly, look, as I say, it has been an excellent fungicide in barley. We want to make sure that it continues to be an excellent fungicide to rhincosporium, to mildew, to net blotch. And the best way to do that is actually going to be to uh, provide an anti-resistance strategy. And key to that is going to be mixing it with a different mode of action so that we're actually protecting it um, going forward. So as I say, a very, very important mode of action in barley and one that we do need to protect going forward. 
And when you say just put in an extra mode of action, is that, you know, is it, is it good enough just to put in Falpid, for instance, and the same as kind of Chlorotalin maybe in the past? Or are you talking about SDHIs or are you talking about other other uh, modes of action that, that, that are really necessary there? So I suppose when we're talking about barley, we're talking about a spectrum of diseases generally. And you really need to, as I say, match what you're going to be putting into that tank to the, the diseases that are going to be in your crop, but also the risk of diseases that could well emerge over the season. And that's really what's going to be important. So say with that proline and foot, but yeah, that, that for me would be a good mixture for Ramularia. However, we're now at a targeted point where Ramularia isn't the main target. We undoubtedly will be getting some level of Ramularia control at this application, but Rinko will be there, potentially major, potentially net blotch. And we need to mix and match the, the various dactyls for that. So a proline fault at this stage would only get you probably the rhynchosporium control and it's not going to give you, or, and the net blotch control, but it's not going to give you protection of that bothyo. The fault won't give you the protection of bothyo at this stage. So you're going to need to be looking at, say, um, a, a strobulurine for that wrinkle control and that net blotch control um, at this stage. Okay. So maybe we just if you like head out to the fields um and to start, if we maybe uh, think about maybe down south uh and maybe a crop of let's just say tower and there's active rinko in that tower at, at this stage of the year if you like uh, kind of today if you like um what should be the action there and maybe you might be able to give us an example of the types of products that you would think that would be reasonably suitable for that yeah so tower would actually be it's a, it's a good example because it'll have a bit of everything being in it and uh, being honest it, it won't just be the wrinkle and i'd expect a high level of the spot form and net blotch so yeah and potentially some some mildew and a little bit of rust potentially also there so you've got that spectrum of disease where you're actually going to need the, the various different actors for control so look for thio for, for your rinko for a bit of the net blotch control and I'd, then i'd be looking for something that say in tar specifically it's going to have that susceptibility a, a high level of susceptibility to the spot form and net blotch so you i'd be looking at something like a, a, a comet or a paraclostrobin type active included in, in that so that's your your prothio and your paraclostrobin should cover a lot of those diseases the prothio will cover the mildew very good in the rinko very good in net blotch and then your paraclostrobin will be very good on the net blotch and, and it'll be very good also on the on the wrinkle so you're getting a good coverage there and to a degree Stephen prothio is probably going to be the core to that you could you swap out the comet and put in which a comet being a being a straw and put in an sdhi in 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 its place or is comet the kind of really what you would stick with so within within that tower example i think i would be sticking with the the comet that paraclostrobin and the, and the reason being that we do know that um, there is a high level of net blotch um, sort of resistance in net blotch to the sthis and that will impact the activity of the sthis to uh, to, to net blotch we know that also there is uh, uh, some uh, strobulurine resistance based on a mutation called f129l it affects some of the strobulurines more than others and something like paraclostrobin isn't as impacted uh, and, and knowing this is very important in terms of if there is net blotch in the crop, also if there's a risk in that variety to net blotch, um, it would be very important to, to, be, to be looking at that uh, in terms of how we look and, and control uh, net blotch. Now, if we maybe just take something similar, let's just take tower and we're, we're, we're instead of planting it maybe somewhere down around Cork direction, we're, we're, we're going to plant it somewhere up around the Mead direction. Going to our crop today, um, largely clean. There's a bit of old wrinkle kind of kicking around there at the base, but you know, relatively speaking, relatively clean. And and uh, I suppose the crop is only after waking up over the last maybe week or so. Um, what would be the advice there? 
So the, the advice there would be, it is slightly different because what you're looking for at this early prey is to protect those tillers. And if those tillers aren't going to be coming under, um, I suppose, stress or, or potential damage from the, the disease, then basically the benefit of that application at this stage will be lower. So you may actually then be able to, I suppose, you're going to have to look at the risks, as I say, and the variety of courses will have a certain risk and that will be wrinkle and net blotch. If they're not there, that risk becomes lower. It doesn't completely remove the risk because it's an inherent risk in the variety. Um, but I would monitor it. I would say, it does it require that application at, at, at this stage immediately to protect that those tillers? Possibly not. You can get into this, that stem extension and I suppose they are more traditional first application. Um, and at that stage, you're starting to move into the stem extension and you're looking to protect that upper canopy uh, that's going to be important during grain filling. So maybe just looking at a few of the other varieties that, 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 that are kind of popular out there, is there, is there any particular disease that growers should be looking out for that matches in with that variety that is, is of particular concern? Yeah, so if we, if we go through the, the, the main varieties, look, Cassia has been there for uh, 10 years, if not more at this stage. We, we know what its strengths are um, in sort of things like quality, et cetera, but we also know what its weaknesses are. And one of its biggest weaknesses will be Rhynchosporium and mildew susceptibility. So you're going to have to be looking at those ones. They're the ones that at this stage, especially down south, I'd be saying, look, I'd get into the crops, seeing how much damage uh, both of those are disease potentially could be causing. Is it killing tillers? Has it the potential to kill tillers over the next 10 days or so? Um, and then something also then like Pixel. Pixel is uh, a six row variety. It has become quite susceptible to Rhynchosporium in, in recent years. Again, is it damaging in, in those tillers potentially? Also, as I say, look, I was surprised to see quite a lot of net blotch in, in Pixel over the last few days. And that's a disease that could get going if the weather sort of warms up a little bit and it'll be a little bit more difficult potentially to control it slightly later on because it, it will cycle that little bit faster as the temperatures start to increase. Some other varieties, Infinity, for example, would has a, it is carrying uh, Nidorum, uh, Parastogonospora Nidorum. It's not one we would see too often. Its impact on yields probably would be maybe during grain filling, but it's one that I would I would be keeping an eye on also. So Stephen, um, kind of just one last question. We haven't really mentioned the hybrids to, so far. Is there any different strategy uh, that growers should take into account uh, in terms of disease control on hybrids versus con conventional varieties? And from a disease control perspective, no. And I think it's basically what are the, the, the risks of the disease? What is the susceptibility of the crops, et cetera? And they tend to be um, more resistant to the range of different diseases. Now, that said, I've been in crops in the last last week where it has had, there has been quite a bit of wrinkle in some of them. They would need to be watched. Um, but overall, the, the strategies still will be the same. You need to protect those tillers and then protect the upper canopy for grain filling. Now, and that comes back down to the levels of disease that will be in the crop at the moment and the risks of disease going forward, including the susceptibilities of that varieties themselves. Okay, so... I suppose, as you said, at the very start, uh, one of the key aspects of it is to, is to get into your crops and, and, and stay in the crops, stay, stay um, uh, assessing crops and assessing how disease is, is progressing in crops. Absolutely. Stephen, thank you very much for your time. Um, delighted to get all, all the information from you. And um, look, we'll have you back again in a few weeks' time again. Thanks, Stephen. No all right. Best of luck. So that's it for the Tillage Edge. And my thanks to Stephen for joining me on the podcast. The next episode in the series of the Crop Agronomy webinars is on next Tuesday, April 6th at 11.30am. For more details, go to www.chagas.ie forward slash events. 
Don't forget, if you like this podcast, then recommend it to a friend or colleague. And as always, rate and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify so you never miss an episode. And for more farming news, go to chogs.ie. I'm Michael Hennessy. Thanks for listening. I'll be back next week with more tillage news and advice.